1: Hey, Mamas,
2: this is Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd, and we're coming to you live for Military Mom Talk Radio. Robin, how you doing out there in New Hampshire? Hey, just fine. How are you? Welcome home.
3: Thank you. Thank you. I had a great vacation for two weeks. It was really wonderful. Wow. And you were up at the Finger Lakes, right? I, were, I was. I was
2: in the Finger Lake regions on a lake called Canandaigua, which is completely on the sticks. And, uh, you know, we've got some Mennonite neighbors and, you know, the horse and buggy and the cows and the, you know, farmland. It was wonderful to get out of Los Angeles for a while.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think getting away is great. <laughs> Even if it's just down the street to a local bed and breakfast, sometimes that's just That's just what you need, you know.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Recharge. (laughs)
2: Recharge.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had fun while you were gone, so I'm hoping you had a great time, too.
2: I did, I did, and, you know, it's always amazing to me the breadth and diversity of our country. You know, when I, I look at the countries that we fight in, you know, you think of, you know, Iraq and Afghanistan and, um, you know, conflicts over in Vietnam and and Korea, and, you know, there's varied terrain and stuff like that, but I just don't think there's any country um, in the world that I know of except maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you know, the original Soviet Union that has, just the just the amount of diversity that we have.
3: It's amazing. Have you seen, and I don't know what, I think it's the Smithsonian Network. I, we don't watch it when it's on TV, but we have On Demand, and so we watch it there. It's called Aerial and then whatever state you fl- they fly over. It's the most fascinating show, and I encourage anybody to go and find these shows because they are – So breathtaking, the aerial photography of the particular state, and then they give you a lot of history about uh, what, why this was here, or what was this fort, or what was this in the colonial times. Or uh, it has so much, it's so rich with history of that particular state. But the the photography is all aerial photography, and it's breathtaking. What a great show to watch with your kids. Oh, it's wonderful, wonderful. And I don't think they've gotten through the entire fifty states because we haven't seen New Hampshire yet. But oh, um, you're wait- waiting for New Hampshire, huh? It's probably <laughs> going to be a long wait for New Hampshire, probably. Wanted. I know, I know. But we saw Rhode Island, and um oh. they so uh, we've had. And I do believe we saw South Carolina the other day. We've seen uh, so we've seen Tennessee. In in so many states that you might not know a lot about, I did not know a lot about South Carolina, and these are just fascinating shows. So talk about yes, the glory of America. It really this is a beautiful way to tour tour the
2: Well, country. and how fun if you're, you know, if you're PCSing from one base to another,
3: oh, um, yes. you know, and you're
2: going to South Carolina or you're right. going to Rhode Island, you know, to pick up one of these shows and and watch it, you know, but I, that's what I thought, like flying across the United States, it was such a clear day and we flew in daytime, so, you know, I took off in Los Angeles, end up in New York and you know, pretty much ran over the whole country
3: Isn't and um,
2: I think about, you know, how many families are out there serving, you know, when we flew over different military installations and then I think of our families serving around the world and you know just what an amazing country we have and you know we're out there fighting and protecting you know our freedoms and the freedoms of others and it's just it's so important you know that we take a moment sometimes you know in our you know we feature charities we feature authors we feature all these things you know kind of to give thanks for our country Mm -hmm. and to honor our country uh, because it really is amazing
1: truly
3: is truly is and i think it's just wonderful to be able to chat with people as we've been doing from all over think of all the different states that we've we've talked to or all over the world we've had people even stationed um overseas and whatnot it's just fascinating to hear from everybody from all over so cards and letters we love them emails we love them <laughs>
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and it's so fun you say that, Robin, because our guest today, um, she's uh, she's a woman who served in the military in 1975 through 1978, and mm-hmm. um, you know we've kind of walked around, you know, geographically in our country, but we're going to talk a little bit today about you know the differences of you know women serving today and women serving you know 30 years ago, and um, if I'm doing the math right, 35 years ago, um, yeah, and it, you know, true. The different changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things I saw recently that came across my desk was a combat stress manual. It's a new one that's come out that's geared just towards women.
3: Oh, wow. You
2: know, wow. because it's funny, you know, you think about, you know, you think of the Marine Corps, okay, there's green and there's dark green or whatever, yeah. dark yeah. green and light green. <laughs> and, um, you know, but we are different. There are differences between men and women. Sure. And, you know, we recognize that, you know, Dr. John Gray, I think, helped identify that with men are from Mars and women are from Venus.
3: Exactly, um, yeah.
2: But, you know, when we try to teach our soldiers um, to be the same, innately still we're different.
3: It's so true, and and so many different things that we face even from, say, 30 years ago to now, um, it, whether it be focusing on women or whether it just be the military then and the military now, so many uh, more resources now, which are wonderful, but it's it's so important for us not to forget the veterans. We focus a lot on the veterans that are coming home right now, but there's so much that we sort of need to back up and say, wait a minute, we still have vet- veterans from other wars that we need to make sure that we take care of.
2: Right, like your husband. Yep. Yep. Your husband served in Vietnam. and
3: yeah, um, he, he came home in 1970. So he came home in
2: 1970. Yeah, yeah. And now, you know, we talk about technology because you're in New Hampshire, I'm in California, and, um, you know, we have our guests patched in from all over the world. You know, when I think back to those days, I mean, how did you even, you know, how did you, did you just sit
3: and wait for a letter? Absolutely. And that was just so um Oh, the angst uh, it, it, At least I, I wasn't married At that time, but nonetheless When you're corresponding with somebody And you are usually Getting mail at a certain pace Or whatnot, and then all of a sudden A, a month goes by and you're not Getting something It it really is distressing because there's No way to find out where They are um, And now, my goodness, they'll come, come In from a mission and they sit down and check Their email, so now it really is wonderful that at least there's that communication and that connection and um, at least some piece of, of communication you can't be there maybe but at least you've got that communication a lot well and more you readily. know when you
2: think of you know this communication you know that we talk about um, you know so much is done on Facebook today and um, you know, the the military right now is funding a software project um, that aims to dissuade the jihadists and other um, enemy types, you know, from planning acts of war and creating a phantom army and things like this mm-hmm. on Facebook. And, you know, the Egyptian army, Egypt's army unwittingly polls, you know, started polling Facebook users about Egypt's next president. I mean, you know, you think of what started wow. out as originally as like, you know, just Pretty much college guys
3: scamming on pretty girls. That's that's right. That's
2: right. You know, and now it's used by jihadists and you know and and the it's, Egyptian it's, it's, army.
3: Yeah. Speaking of which, that was my little tidbit across the from uh, out in the field this week was that. Well, first of all, we do have a Facebook page, and it's on our our regular website. So if you want to go on and like Military Mom Talk Radio, we are on Facebook, and you'll get to all the updates but the the tidbit that I found from out in the field is that the National Guard is almost at 1 million Facebook fans and they are trying to get to 1 million by September that's their goal they're at 956,157 as of <laughs> 12.30 last night. <laughs> so um, it's sort of like a hoorah to, to the National Guard to get them to their one million, which is kind so of So really fun. you
2: just have to go on Facebook you know, search National Guard. and National
3: Guard, that's it. And the only one surpassing that is the Marine Corps, is nearly at two million. So, uh, well, but and that's
2: amazing, Robin, when you think, like, I was just looking up um, because I remember when this happened. You know, it was in 2009, and it was everybody was all a buzz. You know, in my little yeah. geek squad, um, when the U.S. military finally joined Twitter and Facebook. You know, and yeah. I think it was the Air Force, the first one to join. I'm not sure, but it was all this like. Don't don't you remember all the stink about, like, security reasons? And oh, all absolutely. Things? And then they launched TroopTube. Do you remember TroopTube, yes. the video-sharing yes. website? And um, But the U.S. military in Afghanistan launched a Facebook page. I think it was the first one. I think I'm correct in this. Um, but it was primarily put up to to counter Taliban propaganda. And again, I just, you know, I just get blown away by our country. You know, we create this Facebook, you know, thing and now it's 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 a, it's a tool that's used by our military and used by, you know, obviously our, you know, enemies. But mm-hmm. um and then, you know, and here we are promoting, you know, everybody to join the National Guard fan page. Like yeah. how
3: cool is that? It is. It is. Well, so it's, it's a wonderful way to stay in touch and um uh, uh so I'm I'm just passing that along so we can give them a little give them a little hand and, and get them up to their one million. That We've got just great. about I think we're getting close to um thirty seconds before break, Sandra. So um, All right.
2: Well
3: you wanna close us out, Rob? Go ahead. Well, <laughs> um, I was not prepared, but that 's quite all right because I just wanted to encourage everybody to go to Facebook and not only that, but look us up so you 'll be up to date with all of all of our guest information and see other things that come across our desk and shortly we 're going to welcome. Doris Rivas Brack. Um, she is an Army veteran. She's an entrepreneur, a business owner, and a budding author, and soon-to-be radio host as well. So we're looking so forward to meeting her. She will be back after this on Military Mom Talk Radio.
0: Mind Matters is the show that dares to ask what's on your mind. Take this opportunity to join Dr. Larry Ross, clinical psychologist, and Joan Jehane, licensed clinical social worker, as they combined have over 50 years of experience in dealing with your mind. Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, only on TogiNet Radio. The Trick to Getting Published, with your host,
4: Florence Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Flo has seen it, done it, and now can share from her experiences as a newspaper staff reporter, feature writer, freelance editor, and college writing instructor. And now Flo has authored a system whereby her students enjoy a 90% success rate in attaining publication of their manuscripts for the first time. In just four years, she has over 800 of her own articles published in national magazines, newspapers, and anthologies. Author of several books, including the powerful memoir, The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, Florence has advised and edited professors, deans, PhDs, and hundreds of students' writings before submission. And now it's your turn. Join us Friday nights with your questions. Most of Flo's students say they've learned much and thoroughly enjoyed the journey. It's the trick to getting published with your host, Flo Blake. Friday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Hey Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list. And a statue of liberty started shaking.
0: Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com
2: Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and we have given Robin the rest of the show off. She is suffering from a migraine, so I'm not going to tease her about the pronunciation of our guest name, because for those of you that listen to Motherhood Talk Radio on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, that's our shameless plug for the show, uh, you know I am just well known for butchering people's names. But today, (laughs) we have as our guest, um, Doris Rivas Brecky, which is kind of a mouthful but if you meet this woman, you'll realize that her name is as unique and delightfully wonderful as her personality, and she is somebody that I met uh, personally through a friend, and uh, it was very interesting because not only did our past cross personally over the years without realizing it, Uh, but she has hopes of having a radio show of her own someday. So we're going to bring her on today and talk about her years in the military and her experience with the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, the uh, Stand Down program, which she went and volunteered. So we're going to talk about that third segment. But for right now, I would like to welcome Doris to the air. Doris, how are you doing today? Hi, Sandra. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, you know, it's just so much fun because I I love having guests in the studio because then I can actually look at you and see you. And for those of you listening today, you can go to Military Mom Talk Radio and uh, look at Doris. You can also go to our Toginet site and see who our guest is today, which is always kind of fun. Now, Doris, you served in 1975 to 1978. That's kind of, that's not your typical uh career choice for a young woman in the 70s.
1: Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> it was it was my last desperate attempt to get out of my home. <laughs> I mean, seriously.
2: <laughs> so, you were How did you, you know, did you wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to join the military, or did you, you know, what, you know, that's just such a, it just just wasn't common in that day. I mean, today we have so many women serving in different capacities, um, but in those days that was really something unique and different.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, like I said, it was a a desperate attempt to get out of my uh, parents' home, but how it happened was that I had uh, just returned From another desperate attempt to get out of the home, I had gone to Europe, and I thought I was just going to go over there and get a job and never look back. And as it turned out, it wasn't that easy to get a job. They always hire uh, their people first. And so I just stayed as long as I could uh, with what money I had. What country were you in? I was in Spain. Did you speak Spanish? I did. Oh, good. I did.
2: But are you, that didn't do you matter. A, <laughs> you, do
1: you have a background? Because like Rebus is, is, is that Latino? Uh, yes, it is. It is, but I didn't, uh, I wasn't brought up speaking Spanish. I actually uh, learned in school. So by the time I got there, I I already had like close to uh, 12 years. But, um, and so it did help, but I wasn't fluent, it w- but it did help. Anyway, um So I went there thinking I was going to get a job, and it didn't work out, and I came back with my uh, tail between my legs and had to move back into the home. And while I was driving around one day, I saw this billboard that said something like two years to Europe, and it was an advertisement for the military, for the Army, actually. And the next thing I did was I went in, because I was desperate to get back there somehow, and I went in to talk to the recruiter and were you nervous? I oh, mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I, um, I never thought of myself as being in the military, but like I said, I was desperate, and I also wanted to go to college, and my family didn't have any money. And uh, if I signed up, in those days they were paying the full amount to go to college. So, uh, I mean, it was a win-win situation if they would take me. Well, now, here's something funny the listeners may not know, okay? I'm
2: looking at Doris right now. She's coming to my office. She's got a really cool guest uh, mesh backpack. She's got her little hikers on with her cute jeans, a a belt. She's got some nice bling going on. Uh, You would not think in a million years that you were ever military.
1: This is true. (laughs) And uh, I practically looked the same uh, 30 years ago. Maybe maybe a little more cha-cha, but um, <laughs> uh, they took one look at me and just kind of shook their head. But the thing I did have going for me was that I did incredibly well on the test. Okay. So I, uh, you know, I may have looked like something you on a disco floor, but <laughs> I was really sharp. And so they wanted me. So we just want to think, like,
2: put the image in. Charo joins the military. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, yeah. Well,
2: no. So, what does your family think? You know, you were, now you have a Latino background, so and you're a woman, and I can't imagine that was a
1: you know a high flying decision with your family. No, actually, it went over really badly, especially with my father, because. He was ex-military. He was an ex-Marine, a very proud Marine, and I was already kind of a disappointment to him, and that's a whole other story. You've got to get the book for that one. <laughs> but, uh, but he just thought, okay, she's going to go into the military and bring total shame to uh, the family. So it did not go over big.
2: No, that just you know. Let me you know not to not to pry too deeply, but was that because you're female? Because that you were his daughter? Because you're cute? I
1: mean, or is it all of the above? Uh, All of the above, and I had already had a couple of mishaps with the law, so uh, that's why my dad thought she's not going to make it. Especially because you know the military is known for rules and regulations, and I had already broken some rules, some and, rules and regulations. Yes, yes.
2: yes, you you do have that free
1: spirit, and I
2: When I look at you, you have a little bit of a free spirit going on. So so let me ask you for somebody who is as delightfully accessorized as you are, going to basic
1: training, that had to be that had to be an eye opener. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just thought, okay, well, I'm going away to somewhere that um you know, there's got to be nightlife and so forth. So, I went prepared. I uh, like I always tell people that I made Private Benjamin. If uh, anybody saw that movie, I made Private Benjamin look like a joke because I had twice the luggage and I was ready to party once I got through whatever you know the basic training scenario was supposed to be. <laughs> so,
2: so what? So what? You have all this luggage. You show up. I mean, what do they do
1: with it? Well, uh, uh, I, get off, I get off the bus in Alabama, Fort McCollin, Alabama, and uh, the sergeants took one look at the luggage. They looked at me and uh, said, well, you're not going to be needing this for a while, and they just took it off <gasps> and wouldn't even let me. I said, can I take something out? No, you're not going to need anything. We, we supply everything that you need for the next couple of months. And I just was standing there with my mouth open, and they—some of them, I think, were laughing. I can't even remember. It was <laughs> there were tears in my eyes. And they, oh, sure, your clothes
2: are gone, your makeup's gone, Everything. your hairbrush. I Everything. Mean, <gasps> I, I would die. I mean, I just. Stand. I did. I just, you know. But. I did. So you go through basic. Was
1: it tough? It was horrible. Uh, I almost. I uh, thought I was not going to make it, but I guess in the back of my mind I kept thinking about my father and, uh, you know, what a joke I would look like if, if that happened, that I failed in another, you know, life situation. So how old were you at this time? I had just turned, uh, I actually turned 22 in basic training. So that's a lot of pressure to say you've already,
2: you know, messed up along the way at 22. You still had a lot of living left to do, but you
1: dug down deep, thought of your dad, and you finished it. I did. And, uh, I mean, that was just the beginning, but, uh, it was tough. But when I got out, I began to see that I probably could do anything. And when I went home, uh, From basic training, I got leave for a couple weeks or something like that. And uh, immediately, my dad started treating me differently. Really? Yeah. Made a big difference when he came back. Totally big difference. So had you earned? Do you think you earned his respect? Well, I was getting there. I mean, you know, I I, I had finished basic. Um, I looked good. I looked great in my uniform. So, Which is really, you know, <laughs> it's just such a chick thing. You know, I look good in my uniform. But he, he, he was proud, but he, he didn't just come right out and let me know that he was proud. I could just tell by the way he was treating me. And he was encouraging me because now I had to go to advanced training. And um, that was going to be, at least in my mind, even tougher because that was where I would learn the job that I was going to do for the next three years.
2: And what was that job? what did you what were you what were you preparing to do
1: well, because of my background because I did go in with a two year college degree and I did so well in my on the tests for the uh for joining the military, I was given uh more um, uh th- uh jobs that I could pick rather than, you know, infantry or whatever, I, I could pick some really great stuff. And my intention was to one day go into the psychology field. And um, I had already taken courses, so they offered me this one position that uh, was just perfect. And it w- then it was uh, under what they call 91 Golf. They, everything has numbers and, and alphabets and whatever. And that particular position was mental health specialist. So I was going to uh, become a counselor. That's it, amazing. To
2: come from somebody who, um, you know, didn't have a real predisposition to being a military. It's not like you, you know, you know, were raised, you know, with your Barbies going, oh, I'm going to be, you know, in the military right, someday. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, to also then to choose the mental health portion of it Um It's just amazing to me. But, you know, you have to to fast forward just for a minute here. Can you tell us uh, briefly what your education level is today?
1: Well, uh, because of the military, thank goodness, uh, when I came out, I did go back to school, and I got my degree in clinical psych at San Diego State University, and that was thanks to the military. They paid for it all.
2: That is wonderful. That's wonderful. And you're able to help me as a friend. You're able to help a lot of people. And we're going to talk a little bit about that um, in the next segments coming up. Uh, But for women signing up today, uh, actually, you know, we're going to get that after commercial break. Uh, My name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Military Mom Talk Radio. Our guest is... Doris Rivas Brecky today, and she is uh, prior military, served in the 70s. She's going to talk to us uh, later on about Stand Down, the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, and her experiences there. I encourage you guys to check us out on Military Mom Talk Radio. We're also available on iTunes. When we come back from the break, we're going to have more from Doris Rivas Brecky.
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these.
1: In the healthcare industry today, most
3: of us are left in the dark when our doctors talk to us about our health and wellness. It seems that they
1: don't have enough time to be informative and give us the options we deserve. Are you frustrated with today's medical advice as I am?
4: Join the Medical Insider with Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell as they discuss the insider look at various therapies, medications, supplements, and much, much more. We will bring you the cutting-edge information regarding your health care and how you can take control of your healthcare care decisions by not being fooled but being informed. Danny Walker and Dr. Richard Powell will be joined by experts in various fields throughout the healthcare industry, and they'll uncover the information that you should know about when it comes time to making those crucial decisions.
1: Don't be fooled. Be informed with the Medical Insider every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central.
4: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. power for more information on the million dollar mindset go to our website marla that's m-a-r-l-a-t-a-b-a-k-a.com it's the million dollar mindset with marla tabaka monday afternoons at 2 1 p.m central on Toginet.com. no doubt i love this land.
2: military moms this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with our guest today Doris the Rivas Brecky and she's so much fun Uh, she's got a lot of great stories she served in the military uh, in the 70s which is super fun she's gone on to become a very successful um, author and personality and uh, she also is a counselor helping people and a volunteer for such great organizations as uh, the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans their stand-down program and um, for those of you that missed earlier portions of our segment, you can hear this broadcast on uh, toginet.com on their podcast page. You can also go to militarymomtalkradio.com, and then you can also go to iTunes because we're available not only in France and Germany and the U.S., Uh, But we're being picked up by feeds, we know, in Japan and some other places in the Pacific Rim. So we want to thank you guys for listening and for being so supportive of our show and for our sponsors and our host company, Toginet. I'd like to thank you for what you do to make it possible for us to bring this talk radio to the air. Uh, I'm going to switch gears now. I'm going to go back to our guest, Doris rivas Berecki, which is just a mouthful, and I love saying it because it's like, you know, it's multicultural. It's it's just, I don't know, it's just a great name Uh, so Doris we're going to pick up kind of where we left off and um, you know we know that you got some great benefits from your years of service getting your bachelor's degree in psychology paid for by our government and by our military Um, and while you were in the military you were sent to a bunch of different conferences and seminars that were counted as college credit Uh, but what I find interesting is when you were serving in the 70s what was it like being a woman in the military in those days versus what you see today?
1: Well, um, I think it, I think back then that it was still an anomaly. And what I picked up right away, especially because of the way I looked, that uh, women in the military then were supposedly more on the manly side, and there I was very feminine and soft and delicate looking and so forth. So um, I, got, I got a lot of attention both ways. Uh, some would not give me credit that I could do anything, and others uh, gave me a lot of attention because uh, once they got to know me, uh, I was, uh, you know, fun to be around and I was smart and so forth. But uh, there was a lot of discrimination still against women, definitely. Very, very hard. You know, when I read some of the
2: the journals that I read and the blog posts and the postings by women. I mean I think it's hard today. I think it's you know, I think it's just hard anyway you slice it. Um but you served uh let's see, you were supposed to go to Europe but you ended up in Korea, is that correct?
1: Oh yes. So you with That's... your Spanish <laughs> coast to Korea. Oh, yeah, that was um that could have been the beginning of the end of a great career, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they sent me to Korea, and um, a lot of that was my fault, and I share that with anybody who will listen because you have to get everything in writing, and uh, when I signed up, the recruiter assured me, especially because of that billboard that I spoke about earlier, two years to Europe, no problem, we'll get you to Europe, and they sent me to Korea. That's amazing. It was horrible. I mean, it was a nightmare. And um, I always go back to uh, when I landed. It, w- it was uh, right before the holidays, um, Thanksgiving. So I was already sad that I was going to, uh, you know, this place that I had no idea about. Um, I thought of my dad. He served in the Korean War. He was very frightened because he thought it's still might look like what he left and so he was scared for me and you know in my early 20s it was just it was frightening very frightening and when i landed uh, i landed at uh, this place called kimpo airport and uh, i don't know if it's still that way but then it looked like a war zone and up and down the runway they have these korean uh soldiers with guns And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Well, and you are in the military. (laughs) I know, but (laughs) that's not how it looked in the movies. Oh,
2: my gosh, you know, Doris, let me just an offside really quick here. You know, my dad was uh, in the Navy, and my dad's a huge World War II buff, and it's just fitting that, you know, the one war that I didn't study anything about, know nothing about, is, you know, the one war that my company's hired, you know, to produce all this stuff for.
1: Um,
2: But thank God that, you know, there's Rick and his brothers and, you know, everybody who's come together to help us in that. But like you, you know, expectations are set, you know, by the media and what we see. And um, my dad i always had the war films on and, you know, World War II and all the documentaries on the TV when I was growing up. And he'd say, oh, man, this is really important. Look at this tank. This blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, Dad, I'm painting my nails, you know. And uh, then when I was in my 20s, I was so uh, lucky to go to Europe with my mom. And we went on a two-month tour with my mom. And we landed in Germany, and this is a very true story. We got off the plane. I looked at my mom, and I said, oh, my God, it's in color. Because I had never, you know, it's like uh, anything we saw about Germany was all black and white because it was German World War Two footage. Right, right. And so I was like, look at the trees, they're green, you know. It's, but, it, you know, when your expectations are driven by the media, which was your expectation, and you get off and you see these things, you're a young girl, you're fairly sheltered,
1: you know, and you're, you're all of a sudden now, you know, landing in Korea. it was It was devastating, and... I have to say um, I had, I guess one could call it a nervous breakdown, and I couldn't stop crying. I was hysterical. I really thought I was in a war zone, and that just, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And fortunately, I was uh, in Seoul, which is the capital of Korea, and I was medical, so uh they immediately took me to the hospital there, which is uh one two one hospital, and uh immediately brought a chaplain in that's how bad I was wow yep yep, and uh later on, I heard that they thought they were going to have to ship me back because uh I couldn't stop crying but uh fortunately i my supervisor, who became also a good friend of mine uh a captain. Captain Allen, and uh, he took me under his wing and just uh, let me know that I could get through this and that I would be a better person for it if I could just pick myself up and get into my work. Well, and I think, Doris, you know, when we,
2: I talk about, you know, a lot of, we talk about mental health issues on this show, you know, PTSD and all these things, and we work really hard to remove the stigma of people, you know, caring for their mental health as well as their physical bodies, you know, because historically, everybody understands you come home missing a limb, you're limping, you've got a scar, that's a very outward manifestation, and people go, oh, okay, well, you were injured, but you know what we have today in today's with these TBIs, the traumatic brain injuries, the PTSD, and I know in other wars we called it battle fatigue, shell shock, things like that. But, you know, we're finally coming around to the understanding that we have to treat the whole person and that's really what you're talking about and I want to applaud you today for talking about this because a lot of people won't they won't say that they were afraid they won't say that they had some difficulty with this you know it's okay for us to say I got my foot you know shot off by a toe popper and I had to have therapy and everybody's "Oh, oh we get that but you know you coming on today and talking openly about some of this stuff is really so powerful um, because we want to encourage everybody, every family member out there and every soldier and marine and airman that 's serving that we have to care for the whole body, you know the, the our mental and spiritual sides as well as our physical and you know do you have anything to
1: say about that? Oh yeah, as a matter of fact, while you were talking, I was just thinking uh, about this event that I was in San Diego because um, A lot of the uh, people that are homeless, and and now I had one-on-one contact with them at this uh, stand-down event, is that a lot of those people are, they have mental health issues, and uh, they have degrees in uh, the severity and the one thing that I did pick up is that, yes, we are starting as a society, we are starting to recognize that uh, our veterans, uh, our active duty people are suffering from uh, issues, if you want to call them mental health issues, uh, life issues. But my feeling is, and, and I talked to a lot of people at this event uh, in the field, there's not enough attention. We need more attention. We need to let our uh, people, our our, uh, active duty people and the veterans uh, know that they can talk about it. There's no shame in it. And that's really what I want to do in my new career changes.
2: You know that's just so amazing how you know life comes full circle, and I you know I look at you and I see you know this this well groomed attractive woman who served in our military who's not afraid to talk about something that had to be very painful at the time and willing to share with other people and then to advocate um, you know for the strengthening and care of the mental health of our not only active duty men and women but our veterans but also for the families. You know, the families that are are part of, you know, when somebody goes to, to war, it, you know, the whole family goes. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you went to this event, um, what struck you most
1: about the people that were there? Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, I, I knew it was going to be sad. Uh, I knew that it was going to touch my heart. And... Um, I think the thing that I picked up the most is how hopeless. You can just see it in the way they walk. Uh, You look into their eyes, which I did. Um, A lot of the people, the majority of the people, look hopeless. And it's just sad. It's just really sad. That's got
2: to be very, very painful, um, and, you know, it's part of our society, and it's part of our military, and when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the event that was put together by the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, and I want to congratulate uh, one of our listeners just, uh, sent me a text uh, on our chat that her niece taylor thomas just made sergeant in the air force so we want to congratulate her and we want to honor oh. our listeners today for coming in live on the show and letting us know to celebrate wow. some successes we talk about women in the military today my name's sandra beck and i'm the host of motherhood Ta- or sorry military mom talk radio and we'll be back after
1: the break
0: Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these.
4: Lindale Link with host Holly Rand comes Mondays at 10 a.m. Central on Tokenet.com.
1: Linda Link is Lindell's first and only internet radio broadcast. Holly, tell us about it. It's really something from my heart that I want to be teamwork um, for the entire community to get the word out about everything that's going on here. We're talking to the entire community of Lindell. This is not limited to just businesses or just parents or just teachers. Simply, to get the word out about your cause or your company, you must go to where the people are. And today, people are on the internet lindale link lindale texas is a growing chain of business education commerce community together lindale link can create one strong chain of communication
4: check out lindale and then check out lindale link the radio show lindale link with host holly rand mondays at 10 a.m central on toginet.com fertility is an extremely personal subject Tune in Monday nights at 9, 8 central for the Fertility Forum with infertility psychotherapist and expert Phyllis Martin on toginet.com. This is the show about infertility, gaining support, and information. Phyllis will assist you in navigating the disappointments and decisions that often accompany the difficult journey from diagnosis to conception, pregnancy to parenthood. She is passionate about her work and is an expert in the donor egg field. Bringing both her personal and professional experience to all she does. Ms. Martin has extensive experience in helping patients cope with infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, surrogacy, miscarriage, pregnancy termination, and creative family building. She knows what you're going through, and she's here to help. It's the Fertility Forum with your host, Phyllis Martin, Monday nights at 9, 8 central on TogiNet.com.
2: Mamas, I love how he says my name. It's like Beck, you know? It's like you no know, I'm like, yeah, my name is Sandra and I just you know, I always like it just right. that, that section tickles me when that comes up. Um we're talking about some uh, difficult topics today with Doris Rivas-Brecky. She is a mental health counselor. She's also, uh, she volunteered recently for the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans, and she's an author, and uh, she's also a veteran, former service member uh, in the 70s, and we just think that's amazing, you know, for our women that have served historically in the past and the women that are serving today because we've come a long way. Uh, but we're going to stick to talking about veterans right Right now, Doris um, and one of the questions that I that I was thinking about on break is uh, you know are we making any headway with veteran issues I mean there's veteran organizations like I always donate my stuff to the VA you know and have them come and pick right, up stuff and, right you know we hear about stuff going on in the media are we making a difference
1: yes and no it's so overwhelming now Sandra because of the uh, two wars that uh, we're involved in now and so many uh people are coming back that need help and then of course you know the economy is not good every it's like everybody needs help so when i attended the stand down event Yes, there's a lot of organizations out there that really want to help, but the one thing I kept hearing, because I was talking to the heads of these organizations for research for my show, and the one thing I kept hearing from people is that they're so overwhelmed by the need. They're so overwhelmed by the need, and there's no money to help. Well, and, you know, when you talk about no money to help, you know, because, you know, we hear that
2: over and over, there's stuff people can do that doesn't require money. You know, they can volunteer for organizations. They can write letters. They can, you know, donate their cars or their things that they're not using anymore to some of these organizations that can be turned into
1: money. Yes.
2: Um, And we're going to build our, you know, veteran base exponentially, and we have because, you know, if you think about it with our current wars, You know, the kids, I think, are approaching nine years old for just the babies born uh, when this current war started. Wow. So we've got, you know, nine years going on or eight years, whatever it is, eight or nine, maybe seven. I don't know, but it's around there. Right. 2003. Can we do the math? Yeah. Yeah, My math challenged. Me too. um, But the fact of the matter is we're creating a lot of new veterans in addition to the older veterans. And, you know, quite frankly, people are living longer and, you know, we have, we're going to have this issue
1: for many years to come. This is not something that's going to go away. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the one thing that I kept uh, telling these people, because I'm basically new in this whole uh, uh, veteran service uh, issue, um, I kept telling the people that they can't get tired about what they're doing, even if it's just baby steps here, there. But yes, do what you can do. And like you said, uh, there are many things you can do that don't require money. Like what I did, I volunteered my services. I went from Los Angeles to San Diego. And every time they heard that, they looked at me like, why? Because I want to help. Right, right. And you want to make a difference. And I you want to, make to a share difference. your gifts and your talents. Yes. And, you
2: know, Doris, it's really, you know, what you said there is it, it touches my heart a lot because, you know, I've spent, you know, 20 years supporting the Marine Corps, you know, with their Toys for Tots drive. I've spent, you know, 10 years with Children Uniting Nations and World of Children and, you know, we help so many of the the you know I'm children based. So we help all these children, and it's really hard because you just you do so much, you donate so much, you volunteer so much, and there's just there's more need and more right. need, and it's really hard to get. Um, it's really hard to get. Uh, get your head around the perspective, you know, because you're almost like, you know, sticking your finger in Niagara Falls and trying to stop the water coming through. And uh, I want to share with you what happened to me last year on Facebook. Um, she, this woman contacted me on Facebook, and I friended her because I'm like, you know, that's what I do. I'm like, didn't even think of who it was. And she's like, you don't remember me, do you? And I'm like, you know, it's embarrassing because, you know, it's like, really, I didn't yeah, say anything. You're right, you know? I don't. <laughs> no, I didn't. And, um, and she was somebody I had met at a charity event, a kid. A long time ago, and she said, "You know, you talked to me about the importance of education, and that you know I really need to do something with myself." And and she's like, "I never forgot that." And this is like, you know, and she was one of, you know, this was at a, a Children United Nations event where there's 2,500 kids, and I was putting on temporary tattoos. Oh. and she was, you know, probably 14, 15, whatever. You know, you talk right. to them right there, and then she was talking to me, and I don't remember her, I really don't. But here, you know, 10 years. Later, she comes back. She's a college student in her 20s, and she's like, I never forgot that. So you don't know while you're volunteering, while you're doing these things, how you can touch somebody in their lives, and what's going to come back 10 years later or 20 years later. Right. um, You know, when you talk about things that you can do that aren't monetarily uh, driven, a smile, a hug. Exactly. You know, a few minutes of your time to say, you know cuz when i when i think of a lot of the homeless people that i've talked to the homeless veterans in different organizations that i've served a lot of them talk about making eye contact and somebody acknowledging them as a yes. human being cuz yes. even though you know i get a little scared sometimes cuz they know. look creepy I and this too while i was there and... You know, and they look at you funny, yep. and, you know, we, we want to be smart about things, right too, But, like, when somebody, you know, a vet will sit there and say, homeless vet, you know, we'll work for whatever, and he'll say something to me, I at least acknowledge back. I don't encourage it because I'm, you know, not crazy, you right, know, right, but... Right. but the biggest thing I hear a lot is just that acknowledgment that they exist. Yes. And that's got to be really painful. So if people are looking for something to do that doesn't cost any money, right? you know, if you're in a situation with that, just an acknowledgment, a hello, hope you have a nice day, you know, you don't have to give them anything, you don't have to do anything, right? right.
1: but just that human-to-human acknowledgment. Well, that's actually uh, what I did. At this event, I had a couple of moments where I had one on one contact with uh two vets one of one of them was a woman that all she wanted to do was have somebody to talk to mm-hmm. and I tell you, Sandra, I actually wanted to bring this woman home because i felt I almost saw myself in her, but all she I knew what she needed that all I could give her at that point was somebody to listen to mm-hmm. her. And I would touch her, and I could see how she just appreciated the listening and the touching, and also I talked to her about my faith. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Now, that's a really big part of, you know, what we
2: do, um, you know, in my life and in your life, you know, and, you know, for those of you listening, we're going to define faith as your belief and your religion and your relationship, you know, with your higher power, Um, but, When I see the miracles that are done in the military community insofar as this Military Mom Talk radio show is done and I see these, you know, organizations that started in somebody's basement or somebody's garage and now they serve millions of people or they feed millions of families or they provide, you know, helmet inserts for 100,000, you know, Marines who need them in their helmets to prevent the TBIs, everybody says the same thing. I'm here to serve I'm part of something there is a higher power calling me whatever you want to call that right and you're saying the
1: same thing absolutely and that's that's what we have to keep in uh, the back and the front of our minds is that we can all do something if we want to we if, can, we, want if to. we want to we can all do something to help make a difference and and not depend on the government. The government is not going to help in all matters. Hopefully it will help in some, but we can't depend on that. We have to depend on ourselves, our communities, our churches, the, uh, the services you're talking about that maybe started in a garage or whatever, and just do what you can. Just do what you can. Well, and knowing that that's
2: enough, You know, because one of the things that, you know, when you get involved in volunteer work and charity work, you come home really feeling good about yourself and good about what you do, but you feel really deflated at the enormousness of the need. So it's that catch-22, and it's very hard. It was very hard for me for a while to enjoy the fruits of my labor because I felt so guilty. You know, I get in my fancy car that could feed, you know, like, I don't know, 40,000 kids. You right, know? right, right, Things right, right. Like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you know, it was very difficult for me to make peace in my mind with that, you know, but then I realized, you know, my faith helped me realize that it was okay for me to enjoy these things, it was okay for me to share things, and it was important for me to touch base with my higher power right. regularly on what I was doing so I didn't get off track. Because you can get a little crazy with the volunteering.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know,
2: and you can, you know, everything has to be in balance and everything has to be in moderation, you know, but if everybody just did a little bit, um, we can make a difference. And, you know, when I think about all of our institutions, whether they be religious-based, uh, education-based, uh, you know, welfare in, you know, different government-sponsored programs-based, we all have to take personal responsibility for what we can. Right, Nobody is right. asking anybody to be the next Michael Jordan, <laughs> but we are asking everybody to do their part. And I see that in our service member families because they are, they have to be so self-reliant yes And, um, you know, so we want to encourage people out there to do what they can with the resources they have to be creative, to think outside of the box. You know, when I collect stuff, um, we collected scarves last year that were going to be sent overseas, and it was so funny to me about this one person who made scarves out of all these old clothes, and they were cute. You know, they were good-looking stuff, you know, but she was like, look, I made, you know, this rag weaving or whatever she did. Ah. She's like, you know, I used to do this as a kid with my mom, and she's like, it brought up so many memories, and she 's like, "I thought, what a great use for these clothes that you know maybe somebody wants, maybe they don 't, but the thing was it was made with love and it was made with right. heart and made with creativity and um, you know we 're all called to serve in different capacities, and it 's up to everybody to figure out what their own gift is that they can share because uh, collectively we can increase the level of happiness in our our country we can help you know the people around us, there's so much we can do if we just try one try. little thing once a day. Yes. You know, that's 365, you know, acts of goodwill over a year. Excellent. So my name is Sandra Beck. I'm the host of Military Mom Talk Radio along with Robin Boyd. Our guest today was Doris rivas Brecky. Boy, we covered a lot of ground today, Doris. <laughs> Spanning the decades, we want to honor today all of our women in service, past and present. I encourage you to listen to our show and check us out at iTunes, and we will be back next week with another great show.